Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into episode number 23 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley, and joining me in the studio this week, we are once again down another Get Around guy. James is gone this week, or at least he's he's taken Monday off, and so we've got him back, the man and the myth and the soon-to-be father for a second time, and that is Mr. Brett Adam Summers. Before we really get started on this, uh, congratulations, buddy, on the announcement of your well, baby number two. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, well, due date's August 24th, right before the prep football season kicks off, so that'll be interesting, to say the least, but uh, definitely very excited. So as always, we have a great show for you this week. A little bit later on, we're going to have Frankfurt's Jalen Rogers and Matt Loney. We uh, did an interview with them and sat down with them for a little two-on-two earlier in the day, so we will get to that interview a little bit later. We, we won. We won, yes. Two-on-two, we, two, we won. Yeah, we, we beat Are you kidding me? <laughs> could, could you imagine if we were on the same court as those those two? One, six, two, or he says six, one and a half, and, and Loney is six, six three. three. Said, yeah. they, it, they look, they don't look that big on the court. I'd like to think so that, funny, you know, I, I could at least play competitively if we were playing half court. Full court, it's, oh, can't do it. I, I know that Margot Woofter could beat me one-on-one, so that... And most of the, I'd say most of the girls players in this area could probably take me one on one because they seem to be able to to make baskets. Whereas I was going to say, see, a key here is the ability to put the ball in the basket. Brandon. I used to be able to, but it's been. I, so I think long we were in Charlevoix the other night together, and I you picked up a ball after the game and tried to hit from downtown, and I didn't connect with the rim once. On several attempts. I think maybe I hit the net. I'd have been happy if I hit the net, but I'm not even sure. I think it was just straight-up air. If you I should was, have just aimed for the backboard at that point. No, had I... Well, I was shooting from the corner, so I couldn't really go for, for the backboard on this one. But clearly, yes, had there been fans opposed to one Brendan Queeley, they would have been chanting, Air ball, air ball. And clearly it was it would have been... Did you hear the chants inside your head anyway? Yeah, the voices in my head. Oh, man, I'm telling you, they are always very antagonizing and and quite, I would say, insulting whenever they're talking to me. It's (laughs) it's brutal, one voice after the other. So welcome into episode number 23. As I said, we've got that interview coming up with Frankfurt's Jalen Rogers and Matt Loney. It was a pleasure talking to those two. We have the Get Around Hall of Fame where, if I, again, let's use a cliche out of the sport that we'll be talking about, but I'd say the athlete that's getting into the Hall of Fame this week is pretty much a slam dunk, and we'll have our trifecta where we're going to go over our favorite coaching cliches. As we are sports reporters, we hear several of them over and over and over again, and we're not trying to make the coaches feel self-conscious about this. Much of the time what they say does kind of have relevance with the game, but you hear the, the same, I would say, four to six every, you know, every after every game. Uh, but before we get to... A few sports-specific ones that you, you know, only hear at certain times of the year, but... Yeah, we will certainly, uh, like I said, go over those and even talk about the, uh, the other ones that have been cliches in the past, but we don't hear all that often anymore. But before we get to all of that, let's go ahead and check the heartbeat of the sports world as we get into the Pulse. We're going to go over some of the teams that we really haven't been paying much attention to this season, and well, we certainly feel bad about that, which is why we're going to spend a little bit of time. And I think the biggest team that we've overlooked throughout this season would be the Kingsley Stags, the girls' team, as they're sitting at 15-0 and in the conference and 19-0 and overall. I'm not sure. We haven't seen the rankings that have come out today, but they were ranked number two last week. So I can't imagine that they would have they would have fallen. But stranger things have happened. Well, yeah, because they were ranked number two, and then they fell to number four, and then they're back up to number two. So who really knows what these voters are thinking? Again, I brought this up with Jalen and Matt. I didn't understand how after beating McBain, they only got one more point in the voting. Didn't really make sense to me. While McBain fell from number one to five which I just thought was pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, we'll uh, talk about Kingsley right now. What they're doing is pretty impressive. 80 points or more three times, 70 or more 13 times, and then obviously in all 19 of their wins they have scored at least 60 points. Yeah, I think the only, literally the only negative thing that you can come up with 
about their season is so we're once, go, yeah so we're, we're, we're gonna talking, start there we're, we're gonna start with, there okay. yes we're just, gonna start with the negative I'm sure that all of the Kingsley because it's gonna going, last five seconds all right, thanks okay because <laughs> the worst thing you can say about this team and that's how great they are and and have been is that when games get a little tighter in the postseason will they know you know will they be able to handle that because they haven't played a game they they have not played a game that finished uh, as a single digit deficit yet. Well, this is the interesting thing. I was going to bring this up a little bit later, talking to uh, ha- head coach Matt Shellick uh, after their another blowout win that they had. I think it was seventy to twenty six against Buckley, and he sounded bored on the phone. And I called him up out on it. I said, "Are you are you bored at this point?" And he's and he said, "We could we could use some better competition. That's for sure." And he's he's not wrong. They're a Class B team playing a lot of Class C and Class D schools, and could certainly lo- use a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more of a challenge, and they will get that when they get into the the district finals. Well, I'm assuming they'll get into the district finals, but when they get into the the district tournament. Yeah, this team, I mean, dominant doesn't even really feel like the right word to use to describe what they've done to every opponent that they've faced. You know, we sent, uh, I think James went and covered their, their game against Glen Lake, their first matchup, second one is still upcoming. Tuesday, tomorrow, as of the recording of this podcast. So today, for yes. those who are listening, for those listening on Tuesday, on Tuesday it's today. Yes, February twentieth, uh, and, and that was a sixteen-point game that really wasn't close uh, f- from the beginning. Yeah, sixty-one forty-five. Um, that was also their lowest offensive output of the season was sixty-one points. Yeah, eighty plus three times, seventy plus thirteen times, thirteen out of nineteen games, seventy plus. That's uh Man, well, I, I think that's firepower. Of, I think one of the funniest stats. Just I was going over so many of their of the numbers that they had a point differential of seventy one in two games. They won by seventy one points in two games, and that was uh, an eighty eight to seventeen against Leland and an eighty seven to sixteen against North Bay. They also beat Poor Misik seventy five to seven and. When again, Matt Shalek was like, I didn't play most of my starters for very long. Yeah, that's where you know this. It's a tough position to be in for Kingsley. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, playing so many much smaller schools. You've got Misik on the schedule twice. Everybody knows what's going to happen in that game before you even step off the bus. And it's it's not really a good thing for either school. I mean, Misik, you know, wants to find schools that they can compete with and uh, and grow and Kingsley they're not being challenged at all so well you said uh, Shellick said he was bored it's probably got to be a little well he just sounded bored okay when I was he sounded bored to him. he was like all right here's the score yeah we won uh, Jason King at 15 Brittany Bowman 12 Jalen Brumfield 17 just like, dude, how about a little enthusiasm here? Maybe that's just his personality, but he just sounded <laughs> bored. He's like, I can't take beating the shit out of these teams anymore. And speaking of said swear word, what was great is when I was talking to him, I brought up how well J.C. King has been playing lately. He's been giving her in the stats. Uh, I think she's been averaging 20-plus uh, over their last several games, and I brought that up, and he goes, yeah, she, she's been shooting the out of the ball and I asked him if I could quote him and he said yes I mean I obviously didn't quote him but I was just glad that he was able to give me the permission to quote him saying the s word yeah um probably maybe maybe (laughs) (laughs) uh but as the uh you know if we're going to get into cliches later the cliche that iron sharpens iron Kingsley has not been able to find much iron around uh not even scrap iron really (laughs) and Obviously, you don't want to because you don't know how your team is going to compete for the many years ahead. Is there, is there, are there ways to change conferences? If you're a Class B team, do you really want to be in a conference with uh, all Class C and all Class D teams? You look at Misik, they certainly would like to get out of the Northwest. Yeah, and uh, I think they are on their way out of the Northwest, um, Misik, that is. Yes. But, I mean, as far as... West Michigan D, right? Yes, to the West Michigan D League starting next year um, across the board. 
you know, for Kingsley, I mean, regionally, it would appear like their best option would be the Lake Michigan Conference, where you've at least got one other Class B school in Kalkaska, um, who typically year in and year out fields competitive teams, and I mean, maybe even maybe even the possibility of a Glen Lake switching to LMC. I don't know. And you have a St. Francis team that's always competitive. They're Class C, but Charlevoix Class C program, you know, on the rise, and maybe at least you'd have a little bit better competition throughout the year just as far as uh, school size is concerned. But, I mean, all you can do, another cliche, you can only beat the teams that are on your schedule. We're going to pepper these in a lot today, I think. Yeah, I think we probably will throw these in there just more than a few times. Other numbers that we got from Kingsley, they're scoring 73 a game. That's their average right now. And they've only allowed 40 or plus points uh, two times, and that was against Glen Lake and against Benzie. And both of those, well, Glen Lake was 45, and then against Benzie, uh, against Benzie it was 41. I mean, look at their roster, but that's the whole thing. You look at their roster, and it's so balanced. You don't have one player out there scoring 20 points. You have no. I, I think the Crosby, n- King, Brumfield, you know, buys the buys sisters. It's yeah. I think the number of times this season um, that Kingsley has had a 20 point scorer is very few. Right, J.C. King has been the one doing that lately. Um, even even the the win over Glen Lake, um, I think Jalen Brumfield led Kingsley with 18. Uh, and that was against you know the best team that Kingsley's played this year. So that that balance, I think that I think that will be the key for them during the postseason because they're just kind of a mismatch, nightmare mismatch for for other teams because you can't really focus on anybody, um, a- anyone on the floor, including the first couple of girls off the bench, uh, can can fill it up. Yeah. So speaking of the postseason, they're going to open the district uh, against Cadillac at Kalkaska. Cadillac was a regional winner, and so they went to the. I know they went to um, the quarters. I don't know how far they went uh, last season, but they are. They're They've down. taken a steep downturn. Yeah, they certainly have to the bottom of the Big North. Yeah, and it was really surprising to see Central lose to them last uh, last week, uh, forty-one to thirty-eight. I, I really thought that that Central was going to pull that game out. And talking to head coach uh, Greg Farmer after uh, after that one, where I talked to him uh, on after Friday's game. Uh, against West, which uh, I'd be remiss not to say was played in honor of the late Mike Wildey, uh, who had coached the the West girls team last year. But, so I talked to Greg after that, and yeah, he was uh, he, he was pretty uh, shocked about that. And I talked to Margo as well, and she said that they needed this win. Uh, they needed to bounce back after what was a disappointing performance. But back to Kingsley, like I said, uh, they're playing Cadillac, which is down this year. The that district's going to be at Kalkaska. Uh, Kalkaska's playing Manistee. Reed City is playing Benzie Central, and Ludington has a bye. So the winner of the Cadillac and uh, Kingsley game will play Ludington. Uh, but I see Kingsley doing pretty well in that district and certainly playing in the finals. Yeah, I'd be as very, I as I uh, had the Freudian slip earlier. I, I'd be very surprised that, that Kingsley does not win a district championship this year. The way everything is shaken out so far, and having seen. You know, a few of those teams in the district at least play at this point. I just I don't see much I don't see much competition there. Kind of like the regular season so far. It looks like it'll have to come in the regional rounds, which I'm sure the Stags will have no problem uh, embracing. Well, they've just got to make sure that what happened in the volleyball season doesn't happen to them in the basketball season. You know? This is a little different, though. I, I mean, Cadillac volleyball is power. Been deep into regionals how many years in a row and I'm just saying you have a lot of kind the, of the, same the players nemesis the, of on, Kingsley on, on the basketball and, uh, and volleyball team so um, I'm sure that they're not thinking about that and if they're listening to this episode they're like damn it why did you even put that into our heads but again you just got to be careful not to have a letdown another one of the teams that we haven't been paying much attention to and we've gotten called out on this in a couple of emails and that is the Gaylord St. Mary uh, girls basketball team I saw the Snowbirds play against St. Francis last week, and they made St. Francis look terrible, just terrible. I was, and I, I went, this can't possibly be the same St. Francis team that I've seen play three times. Just, there was no way. They were taking, their, the shots were forced. I mean, they were, they were going in, they were driving the lane and putting up circus shots that weren't circus shots. They were just bad, like hitting the <laughs> bottom of the backboard 
and it was it was just a credit to uh, Gaylord St. Mary's uh, defense and, and what they've been doing this year. They're sitting at 18 and one. They're 15 and 0 in the Ski Valley, which gives them the title, and they they've been rolling this year. And and unfortunately, the the number six team in Class D again. I don't know if they improved from uh, last week. Uh, those those haven't come out since we're recording here on Monday, but they've they've just been you're another dominant team that we probably should be paying more attention to yeah another another dominant bunch and and like kingsley um you know i feel like uh you know alex hunter maybe stands out as the best player a little bit more among these other players on gaylord st mary's roster but still a very balanced bunch avery avery bevel Bevel, really good livy jeffers emily myler megan Lawfer, emma joe shawinski you know it's a it's a talented group for uh a very small school, unlike Kingsley. Yeah, I'm going to bring up Avery Bebel uh, in a later segment. Uh, we'll kind of spoil that with the, the Get Around Hall of Fame. But watching her play against St. Francis, she's just so quick. She is really, really quick. And just uh, and even talking to uh, head coach Pat Schultz after that game, he says that she's the only player they have that can go full bore for all four quarters and, and never need to take a rest. He's just like, she's crazy, crazy cardio. And, and he's not wrong. She only scored seven points in that game. But everything that she did was so valuable outside of what you're going to see in the scorebook. And so you do have a, a really good roster that has the conditioning to press a team and, and it makes it seem like they've got six defenders out there instead of five. And, and again, what they did against St. Francis, I, I went, man, I've, I've never seen a St. Francis team have a performance like that. Yeah, the ability to press uh, like the Snowbirds do is, is pretty invaluable. Obviously, the, the deeper you go into the postseason, uh, you know, the, the better teams are going to know how to break pressure better. They're going to handle pressure better. But even just to make, you know, your opponent have to think a little bit and even even if you're pressing and you're not forcing the turnovers, but you're making them think while not giving up layups, I mean that that can really take a lot out of your opponent uh, without it necessarily showing up in steals and turnovers. And um, you know I think as long as they can keep doing that to teams, they're going to be very hard to beat. What I also found impressive, they only scored 41 points in that win against St. Francis. They held St. Francis to just 29. But and so their office offense had slowed down a little bit in the in the last three games before they scored seventy seven against Pelston, but I never noticed any sort of panic within them or even even when they you know might have been struggling to score or you know to make baskets it, they never seemed like they allowed themselves to be out of sorts they just continued to play the game and were confident that if they if they did the right things did those little things which we'll bring up later in the sports cliches uh that it would all uh that it would all kind of come together and, and they would win that game and that's what they did it was it was nice to see gaylord st mary play a game because the, that was one that uh, i hadn't seen i don't think anybody here on the sports desk has seen yeah you know the thing the thing with gaylord st mary even though their you know roster has had a little bit of uh graduation turnover over the years uh, the last couple of years they've been a very successful program and i think you know each senior class has really stepped up once once the last one departs and they've kind of just kept this rolling and i think they're used to being in those big moments and you know they're not they're not afraid to uh they're not afraid of that challenge you know from a team like saint francis or back during the mckenna kelly days at frankfurt when they when they shocked the panthers and went on to district maybe that was even a regional championship um and uh it's just it's sort of i think become ingrained in in this group a little bit that uh they just they keep going and it doesn't matter who's in front of them it's the mentality of uh, head coach pat schultz talking to him uh, i asked him after the game and said hey you guys are ranked number six in class d and before i could even get the question out he's like i i never look i don't pay any attention to that he's like they were you know we were number two a couple years ago and we lost in the first round of the districts and and he says so rankings don't mean shit and it just seems like coaches are becoming very comfortable swearing around me when i talk to them now not sure why but must be something about you it must be where it's like hey this brendan guy why not they heard you on the podcast and they know you're very comfortable with it i am 
and I like it. But what he said is we don't pay attention to that. We don't pay attention to rankings. We don't pay, pay attention to district championships, regional championships, state championships, nothing like that. He says we focus on the day, and we focus on making progress. And, maybe and all that, those other cliches. And maybe it is cliches, but it just didn't seem like a cliche when he was telling me that. I felt like that wasn't bullshit. He wasn't bullshitting me about that at all. He was. It, it felt real, and I believe that every player on that Gaylord St. Mary team is also bought into it, that they don't worry. They don't seem to worry about anything, honestly. That's what I got from watching that game against St. Francis. So... They will start the district. They've got a bye, and they're going to take on Burt Lake, uh, Northern Michigan Christian, or Vanderbilt, whoever wins that one, and then they will face the winner of Boyne Falls and uh, Wolverine in the title game. Uh, again, it's possible that they get upset like they did a couple of years ago, but with the coaching that they have and the mentality that the team has to have, uh, I don't see that happening. Move on to the boys and some of the teams we haven't been paying attention to. I think we've been to a couple of uh, Traverse City St. Francis games, but we haven't really talked about the fact that in the conference, in the Lake Michigan Conference, they're sitting at 11-0, and uh, but overall they're sitting at 11-5. and But uh, once that non-conference schedule went away, they, they haven't lost a single game in the Lake Michigan. I don't think we've forgotten about them, but the fact that they started off 0-3, even though they were all one-point losses to start the year, you know, just maybe pushed them off the front burner a little bit. Um, but, I mean, they've bounced back tremendously um, by that. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect the team to fold after an 0-3 start when they're all one-point losses, but uh, I think there have been times in the past where, you know, certain losses can get under the skin of a team and just kind of throw them off their rhythm a little bit. And that hasn't been the case for the Gladiators. Um, 11 and 0, like you mentioned in the Lake Michigan Conference. Now 11 and 5. The uh, non-conference schedule has been a little bit of a, a hiccup for for St. Francis, but um, they gave Frankfurt a run for their money. That was only a 41 to 40 loss. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the teams remaining on the schedule uh, for St. Francis. It's pretty unlikely or seemingly unlikely that they won't finish as undefeated like Michigan Conference champs. They've got Charlevoix, Harbor Springs, and East Jordan, who are combined four and thirty-one. Not so good. Crazy things have happened, so but yeah, what, I'd Raiders? be pre- I'd be pretty shocked if if the Raiders or Rams or Red Devils. How's that for alliteration? Yeah, by chance. Raiders, Rams, Red Devils. So Charlevoix uh, two and nine, Harbor Springs. 2-10, and, and East Jordan 0-12. Oh Those are was, conference records, obviously, yeah, not overall. Records. But. Yes, yes, conference records. What I thought was funny when St. Francis was sitting at 5-5 five and five and I had uh, written an article, I'd been in that game where they moved to 5-5, five and five and um, I, I had talked to, to one of the players, I, I think it was uh, Teddy Pritchard, and he said that they felt confident going forward that they could run the table on the conference. And there were some people talking trash and saying, hey, you're 5-5. Five and five. So you shouldn't really be that confident going forward. They knew how good they were. Yeah, clearly. The other, what the other loss they had to McBain, which at the time was a number one team, and Glen Lake, which was I believe at the time was also a ranked team. They lost to McBain sixty six fifty eight and Glen Lake forty nine to forty, and they led I think by like eleven. In that I, game I'm pretty certain that in all five losses they've led in the fourth quarter if not in the fourth quarter they've led in the third quarter of all five games so you know obviously uh, coach Sean Finnegan would like to see them finish off stronger against you know these some of these better teams but I mean at at, at worst they're they're in a they're in a good place right now and uh, the, they have the talent there to make a run and that run is uh, it'll start off I, I, I'm it's kind of an easy way since they drew Grand Traverse Academy in, in the first round of the districts. Then it doesn't get easy because they're going to play either Manton or Glen Lake, who are squaring off in the first round of the districts, which is upsetting, I think, to us. Poor here Rangers, poor Lakers. I mean, it, do, one it, of it doesn't matter. What Neither of those teams deserves to lose in the first round, and one of them will lose in the first round. Yeah. It sucks. Because if Manton loses, there goes a Final Four team that is it's just over. Season is done. And you got a lot of seniors on that team that it's it's finished for them. I don't th- I don't think there's much disagreement among fans that they would like the MHSAA to seed their tournaments. I would love the MHSAA to seed their tournaments whether or not that's ever going to happen. I don't I don't know. I just well, don't all these draws come out like before the season or shortly into the season? Yeah, every team knows who their first round 
opponent will be before the season even begins. Yeah, just, I mean, Manton versus Glen Lake, it's so unfortunate. One of those teams is going home, and both of those teams are capable of making it to the quarterfinals or even the Breslin. Yep, yep, each one of them could make it to the Breslin. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of Manton, that's probably another team that we've kind of, uh, I mean, we've had in the prep roundup, talked to Ryan Hiller several times, and he's always a pleasure to talk to on the phone. Had him in on the podcast. Had him in on the podcast, and uh, but there, he was always so timid, I guess, a little bit about his team. But they're sitting at thirteen and three. They're eight and one in the Highland. Uh, they play uh, McBain on Wednesday. They are they've lost twenty of the last twenty one times that they have, and that's going back to like two thousand and ten. Every but not last year in the district. That is true. That's the one win, but they haven't beaten them in the regular season and I think McBain has ended their postseason run three two or three times and that's like what Traverse City West football playing Rockford didn't they knock them out just season after season and so yeah it must have been great for Manton to you know for the Rangers to knock off uh, the Ramblers last year so yeah Manton made that run to the final four and they've got Ethan Ansick uh, this year who's been a, a big boost for them the problem there is that he's been kind of bothered by an ankle injury he, he missed a couple of games and you know, he's just one of those players that he's going to play no matter what unless the coach says no. Uh, Hunter Rule is a good player for him. Jaden Perry, probably, certainly one of their better players, but he's also been dealing with some lingering injuries. And Trevor Salani, you've, you've got a good roster there that uh, has a lot of talent. Really isn't Ansick their only height, and so going against the Glen Lake team, that's pretty long with Okerlund, Peterson, and Reese Hazelton. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to sound like a broken record to throw in another cliche here, but, uh, you know, it seems like I talk about this a lot whenever we happen to bring up uh, Manton's run to the semis last year, um, but, but that is what eventually finally bit them. You know, Rule and Perry are very good guards, but they're each about 5'8", and when they finally, when they got to those semifinals, um, the, the length of Covenant Christian really bothered them. And, I mean, maybe that's something they worked on in the postseason. Maybe that's something they're preparing for now, knowing that Glen Lake has that type of length, um, you know, that can bother shots. Uh, you know, I saw it when Glen, when Glen Lake uh, played Buckley uh, a week and a half ago. Buckley ended up winning that game. But in the first half, I mean, it was a block party. Glen Lake was just swatting everything out, and Buckley's got a lot more height than Manton does. So, you know, it's just something that I'm sure isn't in the back of their minds, but maybe in the back of my mind is how, you know, how are they going to find a way to combat that? Yes, they have Ansick, who is a gr- good player inside, but you can't go through Ansick every play. And, I mean, their offense isn't built that way. Their, their offense starts with the guard play of Rule and Perry, and, you know, obviously, shooting makes a outside shooting, which they are typically good three-point shooters. Obviously, if you're having an on night, then maybe that that length doesn't quite bother you as much if you're not having to go to the basket all the time. But um, certainly, something to to keep an eye on uh, when they get to that point. Again, that just sucks that that's a first round game. It does. It that's a, it's a certainly a perfect word for that one. But before Manton and Glen Lake get together, they still have to play. Uh, Manton's got to go against McBain, and of course, like we've talked about, uh, Glen Lake has to go up against Frankfurt. That'll segue perfectly into our interviews with Jalen Rogers and Matt Loney of Frankfurt, so why don't we go ahead and take a listen to that right now. All right, it is our pleasure now to welcome in Frankfurt superstar basketball players Jalen Rogers and Matt Loney. Thanks, guys. Again, really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Fortunately, you had the day off today, so that was nice. Oh, yeah. You had uh, early morning practice. How did that go? Well, all right. I mean, scrimmage a little bit, ran a little bit, nothing new. Reggie told me that you guys aren't always the most focused <laughs> in practice. Or, uh, we is like it? to have fun. We like to have fun. Basketball is a game, and games should be fun. That's what we think, at least. Exactly. We keep it intense, though. So let's talk about this run that you guys are on. You have started the, the season really well. I mean, not started, but you're now close to finishing the season really yeah. well. Yeah. You've played Buckley twice now and gotten wins against them. I talked to you after both of the wins. Uh, both of you guys actually have. What did it take to beat them two times? Because they're not. A, that's a state runner-up team. Right, yeah. I mean, it was a tough task. We knew it, and um, we just had to have lots of energy coming in, especially going to their place that first game. 
we really knew that was going to be a big game. I mean, the day before practice, we were, uh, what were we doing? We had, <laughs> we had crowd we had, noises yeah, on. We had crowd yeah. noise going on. We were trying to get ready. We knew it was going to be a loud game, and so we just, we had to bring the energy, and that just means diving on loose balls and Getting all the defense. hustle plays. Yeah. yeah, it all adds up, and once we once we start doing that, we know the offense will start running. Jalen, I talked to you at the end of the game, and you said, well, a quote that I wanted to use, but I ended up getting edited a little bit, which I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too happy about that. But you said that coming in, Buckley was the most pissed off team that you had, or that you had played. And they showed it early on, got that 7-1 to one lead. What was the reaction after that? And, and how did you just kind of pull that out, ended up down 15-14 to 14 after the first, and then can just rolled from there? I mean, yeah, they were mad. They came in, or we beat them the first time, and then they came in and hit us in the mouth. Honestly, that we were down seven to one, but we just had to weather the storm, like I told you guys um, after the game. And I mean, we knew they were to come out more intense than we've ever seen them the first two minutes of the of the first quarter. But as long as we just kind of like stuck to the game plan, ran our offense, never lost patience, and um, you know what happens happens. We just gradually got the lead and stayed with it. How much did two losses to Buckley last year drive what you guys did all offseason and then in, in both of these matchups against them this year? It drove us pretty hard. I mean, Reggie and ourselves were pretty upset about the two losses. We felt that we had the talent, but just the mentality and the mental aspect of the game was a little bit missing. We were a little bit immature last year. But uh, I think I think definitely the two losses last year motivated us to get the two this year, the two wins. Matt, that game against Buckley, the second one, Griffin was huge for you guys. What can you say about his play? Because he came out with those those 17 points that led you guys, but also he was, man, he was as quick and as confident as I've seen him play this season. Yeah, you know, he's just a really great player. He's always, every game, you really know what you're going to expect from him. He's going to be flying around the court. He's going to be a lockdown defender, and he's going to be putting his head down going to the rim. And I really think he's stepped up, and he really has been stepping up lately, and mm-hmm. that's really what we need. I think for obvious reasons, a lot of people, you know, think of Griffin as a football player. You play both sports with him. When did he sort of come into his own as far as being a basketball player is concerned? You know, we've always like we're, we're we've been friends forever, so we're always playing every sport, and um, it just so happens to be that he's really good at both sports. So <laughs> he's putting in both time or a lot of time in both sports, and uh, you know, I give him a lot of props because it's hard to do, especially when he already knows he's going to college for football and he's still out here every practice giving it his all and making us better what about the big man Stefanski which I, we found out that it was pronounced Stefanski I yeah, had no idea I, I everyone's been Stefanski yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> what about his performance in that game against Buckley he had some I mean he backed down Austin Harris on a couple of plays putting uh, nice shots and I think he finished with 10 points but those were big 10 points oh yeah yeah he's a really big player in our offense I think um, we can get out run the fast break pretty well but then also when we need to slow it down it's nice to give it to him in the post let him slow it down he's, he's really good at being patient and uh, he likes to he hits the open man well and also he's got a really good drop step and hook over his shoulder so yeah we put a lot of trust into him and we put the ball in his hands when we want to slow slow the game down. You guys said you like the practices to be intense. Who who gets the task of guarding him in the post when it's just you guys on the floor? Uh, well, that goes to James Eno, uh, and we don't really like to switch much with him because he's got kind of an elbow that flies over, and you know if you get hit, you're kind <laughs> of down for the practice. But uh, yeah, James Eno gets the pleasure of doing that. Yeah, I'll talk about the the win against McBain. That was your game. You took that over. And the, I mean, all right, fine. Shake your head. You know it was a team game, but that was your game in the – I think that was a defining moment for you in the season was what you did against McBain. Both of you had no idea that McBain went on a 19-0 run. You guys weren't paying attention to that, but you did know that you were trailing. Matt, what did you have to do? What was that mindset where you were looking at that scoreboard and said, not today? You know, I just really came out of halftime. I knew we had to be really focused, and I really couldn't have done it myself. You know, my teammates did a fantastic job of just flying around the court and just hitting the open man. And we, we really don't, we really don't try to give the ball to one certain player. It's we, the ball just flies around the court, and whoever has it shoots it. You know. I'm not trying to, you know, take away from what your other teammates did, but for a while there, it was you and you alone. He went off, and he went off. Honestly, I don't, I don't, uh, you don't remember the, that? <laughs> <laughs> it was all blurred from the bench. What I saw, he just got big buckets when we needed him. That's that's really it. I mean, yeah, one the, person steps up every time we need it, and, and that was him that time. 
It was like NBA Jam 94. <laughs> you guys were probably, weren't, you weren't even born then, but just like straight up on fire. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Not that I couldn't believe, but I, what impressed me so much was to withstand that run from a team that was undefeated through that regular season, ranked number one. You dropped them down to number five. And I, you guys probably don't care about rankings all much, or yeah, at least. Right. Uh, but how did you move up only one? That doesn't make any. You, I don't know how rankings work. I, I think really it has something to do with the scoring got, deficits, like, or like how much you beat a team by. But I don't really know other than that. I mean, you guys are class D. They're class C. Yeah. They were number one, and you yeah. get one more point. Right? <laughs> I, I guess I was upset about it more than probably Reggie was. Yeah. You guys were. Yeah, but Reggie doesn't know. focus on that type of stuff. No. No. Is it important not to focus on rankings? Do you guys? look at them i mean i i like seeing myself in the top five or top three or wherever we're at um i, I guess it's a little more motivation like if, if we play an inferior team like we're the number two team in the state we can't just beat them by 10 or 15 we gotta blow them out for the number two team in the state what was we've talked about the buckley games and the big win against mcbain take away the fact that obviously you guys are gunning for a conference championship mm-hmm. just the feel that you guys had in those games which one felt like a bigger game mcbain or buckley probably buckley just because it's a little more personal i mean matt and i have been playing with austin and denver and, and joey a little bit since i don't know eighth or ninth grade uh, it is more more of a personal matchup, um, so yeah, probably Buckley. I mean, McBain was a good one to, to snap the what, a fifty nine, whatever streak it was. But yeah, but Buckley was more personal. How, what's your relationship like with Austin Harris? You guys <laughs> kind of jawing at each other, but it was friendly a little bit. Yeah, it's all friendly. Um, is it in, in basketball? Is it all friendly. <laughs> in basketball, you got to you got to set aside. You're just two competitors. Uh, anything off the court that you've done is just kind of nullified. It, when you're on the court, I mean, you're on an even ground, and so, yeah, I guess I guess we're competitors and and we're friends off the court, and you know that's about it. Matt, what's it like having your older brother on the coaching staff? What what does he say to you, or does he pretty much ignore you? Does he treat you like another player? Oh yeah, he definitely treats me like another player. He doesn't just treat me like my like I'm his brother or anything. He uh, I really like having him on the bench. I feel like he's a really good motivator on our team, and um, he he brings lots of energy to the team and. He really knows how to how to speak to us. I feel like. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before we got on the air, but Jalen, I'm this. I'm very surprised, but you're not going to go on and play basketball in college. You're pretty much saying this is it, and I don't understand. You said that your heart's not in it, but is, if, is it in like high school basketball right now? Because I feel like if your heart wasn't in this and if you're scoring thirty plus games, I'm gonna go ahead and advise you to put your heart into it right now because you could be scoring forty five or fifty. Well, I like early on. I really liked the whole process, you know, getting in the gym three or four times a day. And now that I've discovered a lot of new interests, a lot of new things, it just seems a little more straining or just more of a chore rather rather than something that I'd like to do. But the reason why I'm so vocal and flamboyant, I guess, on the court is because I really want to do it for my teammates. This is my last year. The coaches have put like you know every everything they've had into it for all four years I've been in the program. So basically, it's just getting motivated by my teammates and my coaching staff and the community as a whole. Give us a little bit of an idea, Jalen. What are, what are some of these new interests that that you want to pursue? <laughs> well, um, Austin knows about this one: ceramic pottery. I'm I'm a potter, so that's one of them. And then a lot of extracurricular activities like. Um, I'm the president of a group called the Interact Club, and so it's basically like a youth rotary, and so I, I kind of like bettering the community and, and doing a little bit of art while I'm at it. <laughs> so another kind of leadership position for yeah. you. Yeah, I really enjoy anything involving leadership, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing something like that as a career. That's awesome. Matt, how about you in terms of where you think you're going to be going or what you're going to be doing after college? This is your senior year. Are you are you set on where you're going to college yet? No, I'm not set on where I'm going yet, but I, I know I'd love to play college basketball. I just don't have a solid opportunity out there for me that I, that I know I have. So um, I'm really just giving this season my all and trying to make a deep playoff run and just, just see what happens, I guess. You don't always put up the, and I please don't take any offense to this, but it's not like you're putting up the, the flashiest numbers that may bring in a D1 coach, D2 coach, or anything like that. But if they saw you play like the way that I see you play, do you think that would make a difference within talking about the heart that you put into it? Uh, I feel like you sweat more than any other player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, I think it's all just about opportunities, and if 
the right coach where to see something at the right time, you know, anything could happen. So, like I said, we're just going to try to make a deep playoff run and we'll see what happens. What's the confidence level about a deep playoff run? Where do you guys see yourself? Or are you just looking at the district round and not going any further? And you can lie to me and say that's what it is. <laughs> you guys see yourself somewhere else. Right. I mean, you know, you got to focus on the district game. Like, you don't want something to happen like what happened last year. We, I, You could say we were immature and we overlooked um, – Suns Bay, so they, they kind of upset us in the district final. So Yeah, that one was rough. We're, I think we're just going one game at a time right now, but obviously it would be really sweet if we can make it and, and play in the Breslin. <laughs> no. yeah. I would imagine, yeah, that would be yeah. great in your final in your final season Definitely. as a high school player. <clears throat> Definitely. Kind of go out on top. Mm-hmm. Well, not to cut too quickly, but obviously Glenn Lake coming up next, unless there was something else no, keep before wrong, we jump into that Let's one. Let's get into uh, it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're not going to overlook anybody else on your schedule, but that game in particular feels like it could be the deciding factor as far as the Northwest Conference goes. So, I mean, how are you guys feeling going into that one? Definitely, definitely the deciding factor. We're feeling confident going into it. We're, we're really preparing for it well. You know, we, we assign who we think we assign shooters in practice like you're Oakland you're whoever and so we're really the preparation is a big part of it the preparation in general like we, we prepared with the crowd noises and with assigning you know Denver Cater Austin Harris as certain players on on the on the scout team and so we're just kind of doing the same thing but uh yeah this is definitely a deciding game now I, oh <laughs> go ahead are you the pissed off team coming into this one? I think so. Lost? Definitely, definitely. Glenn Lake has always <clears throat> got a pretty hostile crowd, and we're, we're looking forward to embracing it and using his energy. Yeah, we always know. We know it's going to be a tough. Um, it's a, a tough one to take a win out of their place. Mm-hmm. And we we haven't beat them since when sophomore year. Yeah, something like that. So it's been a couple years. So we, we all we all really want this bad. So we're just going to give it all we got. Mm-hmm. Why Why do you guys think so far it's been the round robin of losses between the top three teams <laughs> in the conference? Is it is it matchups thing or I don't know. A, I'm confused by it myself. Yeah, I, I really couldn't tell you, dude. But I, I'm also I'm on board with you. I'm pretty confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys certainly have the opportunity in the the last matchup of all those teams to yeah. to finally flip the script. So Definitely. what I mean, what do you have to do differently against Glenn like this time that you didn't last? Because you did cut in the in the first game, you got out to an eight zero lead, and mm-hmm. it right. might have been even more than that. But I think it was eight yeah. nothing, and I think they went on an eleven nothing run to take over you guys. And so how do you look at that and go, all right, well, if we get a lead, we got to make sure that we continue stepping on the pedal. Right. Well, you know, the games, the basketball game is a game of runs. Every team's going to have their runs. You can you can look back at every game, the Buckley game, the Bang game. We all went on our own runs. So it's mm-hmm. all just about weathering the storm and it's just you got to come back uh, harder than they do. Yeah, I feel like. Also, last time we had a lot of energy coming out the gate. I mean, we got up, what, 8-1. And then from there, after the run, I feel like we kind of got deflated. I don't know whether it was us being physically tired or mentally tired, but I think that we had kind of a lack of energy. And I think that this time around, we're really hyped to go into it and we're going to go in with a lot of real energy and, and come out with the win, I think. When these three teams are, especially when they play each other, are packing gyms regardless of location, mm-hmm. you like playing these matchups at home better or on the road better? Um, I mean, it all depends whether whether our home crowd comes to support us in Glen Lake if they make the trip. But honestly, I'd I kinda, be pretty shocked. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> you tend but, to have some fairly vocal fans. Yeah, especially, yeah. especially on the road. I know, but yeah, I, I actually I really like all the. All the, all the fan hostility kind of because it gets me hyped up. I mean, I feel like if I talk to myself and talk to the fans, that uh, it gets me more energy and my team more energy. So I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for that. What's the feeling like after a win against Buckley, after McBain? How long does it take the adrenaline to kind of wear <laughs> off a little bit? How, how long does it take you to get to sleep that night? Or at one point, do you just crash? No, definitely. After games, it's it's definitely hard to sleep. You know, maybe sometimes if it's on a Friday night, we'll just all hang out and yeah. just play some cards or something, and just let the adre- adrenaline just cool down because it's it really is. It's hard to it's hard to get some sleep after those games. Mm-hmm. You're just running back the plays in your head, and 
you're just constantly thinking about what you did or what you could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after the Buckley game, I didn't sleep until like 2.30, I think. And yeah. that's, that's kind of weird that you bring that up. <laughs> i, I got to ask, whose adrenaline gets higher, you guys as players or Coach Manville on the oh, sideline? I, I don't know if it's adrenaline or just like stress for him, but it's definitely <laughs> adrenaline for us, so I'd say us. <laughs> yeah. What's it like playing under Reggie? You know, I really like it. I think he's a really great coach, and he knows so much about basketball. It's just mm-hmm. about um, explaining it to us. Sometimes it's harder for us to understand exactly what he wants, but he really he really knows what he's talking about, and that's kind of where Dan comes in to help Yeah. because I think um, he's really good at explaining stuff, and he knows exactly what Reggie wants. And mm-hmm. Reggie's a person you gotta you got to – listen to what he says and not how he says it because he might scream it at you but then once you break down what he actually said I mean he's correct and so I think Dan is someone who can relate with us more because he's a little younger a little more youthful but uh, I I think there's definitely a good mix and and playing under Reggie has been really just a time where I was I was able to grow a lot playing under him as a person and a player so is the maturity the biggest change from last season to this season is that the maturity level has allowed you to listen to what Reggie is screaming (laughs) at you honestly I think I think definitely it is because I think there's a there's a few more egos last year I think that we were all trying to score the ball at least I knew I was but uh, but yeah definitely setting aside our egos and listening to the coaches and listening to you know our teammates and just capitalizing from there so who finally got to you or was it a realization that you made yourself that i can't be the one always looking to score the ball or or how how did how did you finally set that aside it was a self-realization for sure i mean i can't force anything and basketball is where i mean for me i gotta do certain jobs at certain times and and most of the time that's just a subconscious thing so like sometimes like oh i gotta score i'm kind of feeling myself or like other times i mean i gotta be a vocal leader or sometimes i gotta lock up on defense and so it's a, it's a self-realization for sure between when i gotta score when i gotta play defense and, and when i gotta listen to listen to coach kind of matt what's a northwest conference title going to mean if you can beat glenn lake you know it mean a lot it's just it's really nice um winning winning championships you know that's the goal so mm-hmm. it's, but it's, at the end of the day it's just a game of basketball so we're just going to go in and we always just go in with the mentality that we're going to go have fun mm-hmm. and if you watch us on the court we really are just having fun we've yeah. all grown up with each other we've played basketball for so long in other sports so we, we really just we really enjoy it Buckley broke that streak that you guys had going last year right <laughs> wasn't it a long was it, was it a long streak? Home? oh the home streak yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, what yeah. was it? <laughs> I think it was the home streak. I don't know how many games, but yeah, thirty-eight. They, okay, yeah, they did break it. Thirty-eight in a row. They did break it, but uh, and that made you pissed off. That, that got me a little ticked off. <laughs> in parentheses, ticked off in parentheses. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely feel this a little bit. Are you allowing yourself to picture yourself at the Breslin? Yeah, definitely. I mean, visualization is 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 how you get someplace. I feel like. I mean, if you can see it, then it can happen. So yeah, definitely. Do you take some time to work with some of the smaller kids or little kids in your community? What is what is that like to be a bit of a mentor and knowing that maybe you had some of those mentors growing up? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm actually a part of a mentor program, an FHS mentor program. So Matt's been there, I think, once or twice. But, yeah, we, we just kind of help kids with their homework and um, and do some kind of some leadership and some skill building. And me and Matt, Matt and myself, um, help kids play basketball a little bit here and there i mean we ref and we and we play with them a little bit so yeah it's a lot of fun we're really just trying to pass it down you know the the people before us um and my brother david loney's great they i feel like they really taught us a lot Mm -hmm. so really we're just trying to pass it down and just um hopefully it keeps going because we got something good going to get the next generation going right (laughs) so where does that unselfishness come from because you don't have to do those things Mm -hmm. Right, you know, it's a small town, and I feel like we all really know we know each other pretty well. And um, you know, the, the basketball gym's right right in the middle of the town, so you know, I'm going there. I might I might text some of my buddies, say, yeah. "Hey, me and Jay are getting in the gym. You guys want to come out?" And mm-hmm. they text their friends, and yeah, we and I, I think it's a habit that we picked up because we got such a strong sense of community within Frankfurt, and so you know, David and the older generation did it for us and we're doing it for the younger generation and that's kind of how frankfurt's built i feel like they just keep working on on new generations and people keep passing down skills and trades and, and that's kind of how we've, we've come to fruition 
Well, this kind of goes um, beyond just basketball, but uh, I mean, you see other small towns have uh, success here and there within their athletic programs. What is it about Frankfurt that it seems like year in and year out, regardless of the generation that's going through school, that Frankfurt's able to put competitive and championship winning teams on the field or the court or, or whatever sport they may be playing? Well, it's it's a lot of tradition is what it is. I mean, Frankfurt's got some some deep roots in athletics. We've been good for a long time at a lot of things, and I think that's kind of what drive us drives us because the coaches preach that whether it's football, baseball, or basketball. I mean, we've been doing this for years, and so we just got to keep going with it. But did you kind of feel like the little brother or the forgotten brother coming into this conference season when a lot of people were focusing on Buckley and Glen Lake? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I really don't think anybody gave us the benefit of the doubt, but. Um, we we just kind of came in and yeah we, uh, we we feel like we felt like we had something to prove. So every game we were coming out, and that's why we were playing so hard. That's why we have so much energy. I think so. Yeah, we we don't really take a backseat to anybody, especially in this conference. And so we came in like we did the year before. We came in thinking that we're going to win the whole thing, and and that's what we still think. I've said on this podcast before that I want some team, regardless of who it is, to to rise up and take the the championship a solo style. Yeah. What would the feeling be? Uh, I mean, take out the emotions of losing a singular game, say that was to Glen Lake this week. But I mean, what would the feeling be if all three teams tied at two losses? Not a great feeling. I mean, it just it just feels like the. The accomplishment of winning it all is kind of numbed a little bit because you had to split it between three people, and so we're really going for unanimous number one. Matt, Jalen, thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate it. You know, you guys are kind of at the focal point of the sports world here in Traverse City right now, and I know you've got a a big game coming up, and I wish you the best of luck there. And, Mm -hmm. again, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks Thanks for for having us. We appreciate it. Another thank you to Jalen and Matt for joining us on episode 23. Always nice to have some athletes in the studio. So since they're from Frankfurt, let's go ahead and this will transition perfectly into the Get Around Hall of Fame. I know. Look Matt, at you with the beautiful segues. Today. Oh, that's how I roll, baby. Uh, I know that uh, Jalen, I think Jalen's been in the Get Around Hall of Fame, but I know that Matt Loney has definitely been in the Hall of Fame. He, he got inducted after that great game that he had against uh, McBain being kind of the spark plug in that one. To, he had 11 of their last 16 points, and he was the one that carried. As much as he didn't really want to take credit for it uh, and is kind of red as his face turned That's while, why while, we're we were, here. while we were talking about it, and he was just shaking his head. He's like, no, 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 it's, that wasn't me. I'm like, no, it was, it was you. You scored those points, and you, and you carried your team. Uh, but speaking, like I said, speaking of Frankfurt, uh, one of the other players that carried their team in that win against Buckley, and we talked about it uh, with Matt and Jalen, and that was Griffin Kelly, the soft-spoken, uh, very talented athlete, both on the football field as well as the basketball court. He was, as I wrote in my article covering that game, he was he was pouring gas on the fire that was uh, Frankfurt at that time. He was the one leading them. He was bringing the ball up the court. He was playing the point uh, a lot of the time, which was usually reserved for Kirk Myers. But he was the one going out there, and I think maybe what that was, that was a, a strategy from Reggie Manville to kind of throw a, a different look at Buckley, and it, it certainly seemed to work. He finished the game with 17 points. That doesn't seem like a lot, but he did a lot. He had a lot more contributions than that will show up in the scorebook. I'm going to nominate uh, Traverse City West's cross-country skier, Nordic skier, Mary Lyon, who won her third straight state championship at the Nordic Skiing Championships at Michigan Tech. She's just the second skier to win three state championships. Uh, the only skier uh, with more was Ishpeming's Ellen Watala, who won four in a row from 2009 to 2012. But uh, just an incredible run for Lion, who you know said she felt she skied her best this time around as compared to her previous two championships. That's no easy feat. Any three championships in a row is, is no easy feat. And any okay. one championship is no and, easy any feat. Any one championship is, is no easy feat. And to, to make three, uh, you know, what Mary has, has done in that time, uh, she is a, a pretty gifted athlete. And that's no easy sport 
like Nordic skiing. I don't I don't want to do that. I would never be like, hey, you know what would be fun today? Cross-country skiing. I'm, I'll take a hard pass on that every single time. We had a cross-country skiing unit in gym class in high school that was just basically going around the field next to the school. And I was like, well, this this last 30 minutes was awful. Yeah. So, yeah, kudos to Mary uh, for what she's accomplished in, in that sport because just because we can't do it does not mean... Exactly. Just because we don't understand it doesn't mean that, Mary, you don't love it and you're extremely talented at it. And So I'll just get straight into my nominee before we do crown Mary Lyon as the athlete of the week and that is Gaylord St. Mary's Avery Bebel who had a great game against uh, St. Francis in that win again she only had seven points and I talked about this with Griffin Kelly but it was the contributions that you know didn't show up in the you know in the scorebook very quick very uh, very fast up and down the court she never took her foot off the pedal she was great on defense she she knew what was going on uh, had a had a good game plan and really helped her team run you know run that game plan to a T she's certainly worth a nomination this week but as we said it's uh, gonna go to Mary Lyon the three-time state champion and congratulations to Miss Lyon you are the latest inductee into the get around hall of fame all right let us venture now into the trifecta and this week we are venturing away from movies and tv and getting into the coaching cliches, our favorite that we get to hear whenever we're talking to coaches and or players after a game, after a loss, after uh, a win. And I'll start with mine. One of my favorites is cleaning up the little things. We've got to clean up the little things and make sure we do those little things right. And if we can do that, We'll, we'll win some more games. That's I, I love that one. And it's not that it's not true. It's absolutely true. And you can always clean up the little things because you're never going to pr- play a, a perfect game. Uh, I just, I don't know, I like to hear that one a lot. One of the cliches that maybe isn't the first one off of a, out of a coach's mouth, um, but I, I really enjoy it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you hear that a little bit more after a loss or... Uh, something uh, a performance that isn't as well as they had hoped, but well, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's, uh, I mean, that's pretty much my life motto. <laughs> I, li- I live a pretty low stress. I, or I'd like to think I live a pretty low stress well, life. And my my, d- my wife's pregnant. It is what it is. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it now. But see, that's exciting, not stressful. <laughs> so that's different. <laughs> Of course, I was only kidding, Brett. I know you're very excited about the impending birth of your second child. I am. I am looking forward to finding out what it is too. We we don't. We're not. We're not the surprise people. You're not the surprise people. We're not the surprise you, people. We, okay, we found out. We found out. You know that Harper was a girl far ahead of time. And uh, did you have one of those gender reveal? We parties? did not. Like where you cut into the cake and it's either pink or blue, or like if someone throws you, you know, like one of those baseballs that we, explode we, we did and not. it's either pink or blue, or you know, I, or I, you I, pop a balloon and a bunch of confetti comes out yeah. and it's either pink or blue. Somebody on my Facebook feed not that long ago, um, they did one where they filled two cars with tannerite and blew them up, creating either blue or pink smoke, and and that was that was their gender reveal. Well, I hope that the mother was close <laughs> enough to breathe in all of that smoke. That would... the, the mother fired the gun. The... <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything against people doing that. I think it, yeah, I'm sure it's fun and exciting. But for, I don't know, me and Callan as well, I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I don't get it. I, I actually asked her about that. I was like, you know, I don't mind that people do that, but I just don't, like, have this desire to do it. And then I made sure to ask, do you have a desire to do it? And she said no. But <laughs> so why why do people do that? And she she told me that it was, you know, just a, an excuse to have another party because you, you do that and then you still have the baby shower later on in yeah, the pregnancy. I, I don't know. I, I think it's fun. And that's only because uh, I like when my family has parties. Uh, when we get together, it's always a good time. And so we've done a couple of those gender reveal parties recently. And one of them, like I said, was uh, with the the cake when they cut into the cake, okay, and it was—I nice. uh, believe it was pink. Yeah, it was pink. It was definitely pink. What we are doing uh, to keep this tangent rolling, what we are doing differently this time, is uh, my dad, for Harper, did not want to know. Like he didn't—he didn't know what 
I was going to be or what my sister was going to be before we were born. And he didn't want to know what his first grandchild was going to be. So we didn't tell him, and we made sure to tell everybody else because we weren't keeping it a secret. We were telling everyone else. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, don't mention it to Dad because he's he's trying to... Uh, He's he's trying to be surprised. See, I think but I he just... he made it about eight and a half months before somebody ruined it for him. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, when we when we told my parents, I, I was back in Wisconsin this last week. And oh uh, yeah, please tell the story about this. Okay, well, I'll get into that in a second. But uh, when when he found out that uh, we were going to be having uh, another one, um, you know, I just said we're we're telling you. That was more. That was more stressful for us trying to make sure you were in this little bubble, not finding out. Yeah. That that tough shit. Yep. Dad. Just suck it up. You're gonna deal with it. That's what we. That's what I told him. Um, but yeah. So to uh, to surprise our families, what we did was we had bought um, Harper. This was. I mean, when you were telling me this, I was laughing my ass off. It was. I thought it was great. Yeah. We uh, we bought her a T-shirt that said. I'm the big sister, and we just we put that on her. We went over to my parents' house, and the plan was just you know she takes off her jacket and starts to walk around, and whenever they get around to reading her shirt, uh, that's when when they'll know. And <clears throat> we had actually done this with Callan's family previously, and uh, Callan's grandma, I mean she picked up on it in Harper wasn't even in the room for fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. and she was already. You know, really excited and letting everybody else know that she had just solved the riddle. So we go over to my parents' place, and um, you know, Harper's walking around. She's already taking her jacket off, and Callan and I are just sitting at the table with my dad, and we're kind of looking back and forth at each other because you know they're talking to Harper and playing with her and whatever, and nobody's saying anything. So I'm starting to wonder, you know, am I going to have to say, "Hey, read your granddaughter's shirt"? <laughs> <laughs> Like, which would have totally this. ruined it, right? Look at my daughter. Yeah. Um, so uh, we we're looking at each other, looking at each other. And then finally, my mom is kind of sitting on the floor next to her. And all of a sudden she goes, Harper, I like your shirt. <laughs> but that's it. She just, <laughs> she just stops. It kills me. And Callan and I look at each other like, really? <laughs> <laughs> And then, Are you that dense? <laughs> and then uh, and then my mom, she starts, I don't know if she's overthinking it or what, but she's like, you, you can sort of start to see the wheels turn. And, uh, you know, she's she's like, who would you get this shirt from? Thinking it was like a hand-me-down. <laughs> um, but, but then both of Harper's cousins are both boys, so it wouldn't make sense for either one of them to be a sister. And then finally she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then my dad goes, I didn't even read the shirt. (laughs) So, yeah. I I wasn't even paying attention to her. I I act like she's not here. That's what I do. So, yeah, that was the, uh, but it was was pretty funny. And uh, everybody was excited. It was a good time. Well, again, congratulations. Thank you. I'm very happy for you. Well, okay, getting getting back into the the coaching cliches before we uh, lose any more time here. Um, the one that I'm gonna the one that I'm gonna go with right now, and one of my favorites is we need to play a full 32 minutes. We need to play a full 48 minutes, or we need to play a full, full 60 minutes. S- 60 minutes, seven innings, whatever. I love that because most of the time a coach will say, "We we, we didn't do that tonight. We gotta, you know, we gotta put a whole game together. We gotta put a, a whole four quarters together." And one game at a time. One game at a time. One game at a time. That is uh, that's certainly one of my favorites, and I know we're throwing out more, and so this isn't really a trifecta as it is just a discussion about coaching cliches. But I think if I had to pick one, that would be it. Playing a full game for sure. One of one of my favorites, um, again, maybe from from more so from the losing side, is when a coach just says, "We didn't make enough plays to win." <laughs> Clearly, coach. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't score enough. We didn't score <laughs> enough points. They scored more than we did. Oh, that's the other one. Hey, they just played better than we did tonight. We just got beat, or we beat ourselves. They, they I've never play. heard a winning coach say they just played better than we did tonight. <laughs> I've heard coaches say, "Yeah, we were just we were better than them." That's just how it is. Like Reggie Manville. He's like, man, eh, 
But that's we not better. so cliche. We were stronger than they were. That's actually we were a breath of fresh air. Yes. <laughs> the honesty of from Reggie Manville, yeah, you love that out of a coach. Of course, going back to our jobs, I'm sure we're going to hear even more coaching cliches. And for all you coaches out there that are listening, I will remind you once again, don't be self-conscious. Just keep throwing those out because every time you do, we're going to write them. And that is how it is. It just is what it is. It is what it is. All right, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to episode number 23 of the Get Around Podcast. I have been your host, Brendan Queeley, and again in the studio with me this week was Brett Summers. We thank Jalen Rogers and Matt Loney for being in the studio with us and, and talking with us for around a half an hour. It was great having them in there. Make sure you tune in next week for episode number 24. That one might be as good as this one or it might be worse. It, it might be the greatest podcast we've ever You determine out. how good our episodes are, listeners. I happen to, yes, each and every week I'm the one putting together the, the script and the outline and and running these things down and it's uh this is my this podcast is my baby and i love it ever since it was birthed from my womb (laughs) all right thanks again come back and listen next week